C-diff spores and more is brought to you in part by Rebiotics, Microbiota Restoration Therapy. Welcome to C-diff spores and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C-diff, healthcare-associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here's your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome to the program. This is Nancy with C. diff spores and more, and we welcome our listeners joining us today. We'd like to take this opportunity to thank our sponsor, Rebiotics, a fairing company, for their generous support. You can find more about microbiome research and clinical trials at www.rebiotics.com. And it's our great pleasure to introduce our guest today, Ms. Courtney Jones, Upstream Marketing Manager, Senior Project Manager at Rebiotics, a fairing company. Courtney joins us today to discuss researching bugs as drugs to fight C. diff. At this time, I would like to introduce our guest to the program. Thank you for joining us today, Courtney. Thank you so much for having me, Nancy. I appreciate it. Well, we're so glad that you are here today. And Courtney, would would you like to take a moment and tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. So first, again, thank you for having me on the phone with you today. I'm really excited to talk to you about all of the things that are happening in the microbiome space. Um, As you mentioned, I've been with Rebiotics for quite a long time now. Um, I was actually the second full-time employee that we had. Um, And I started out in the lab working on the different bench experiments that we needed to develop the products that we're currently looking at under clinical trial. And so with that came a lot of experience in connecting with physicians and patients and advocates like yourself to look at the opportunities that the microbiome might have to help patients that are in need. So um, now I spend a lot of my time telling the story of the microbiome and what we're working on and looking at what other new indications or new research comes out in the space. So I'm looking forward to talking to you about all of that today um, because there's a lot to cover. Absolutely, Courtney. And we're just so glad that you're here to help us learn more about the microbiome. And with that, uh, if you wouldn't mind telling us, because we know the microbiome is a hot topic in the news these days, but what exactly is the microbiome? That is an excellent question. So uh, the easiest way to think about what the microbiome is, is to imagine the rainforest. So in the rainforest, you have a ton of different animals and plants and different organisms that all work together to function well. So they all have different roles and they live in different locations, but when the whole rainforest is functioning together, things go well. This is similar to what happens in our bodies. Uh, We have both microbes that live within our bodies as well as on our skin and in our mouths and things like that that contribute to our overall health. Now, there's a lot of things that we don't know, but what we understand is when all of these microbes are working together, we generally feel pretty good, and the things that we need to do, like digest food or uh, produce enzymes that help keep us healthy, That's usually what the microbiome contributes to. So when we talk about the microbiome, most of the time in popular press, we're referring to bacteria, but there are many other types of organisms that make up the microbiome, including viruses and fungi, yeast, and things like that. So when we say microbiome, we're talking about the whole community that lives on our bodies or in our bodies and how those contribute to our everyday lives. 
Wonderful. Well, thank you, Courtney, for that uh, information and introduction. And um, Courtney, how is the microbiome studied? Oh, that's <laughs> that's just uh, that's both the most exciting question and the most one of the most difficult ones to answer. So um, there are ways to do that um, where we look at the genes of microbes through DNA sequencing. Um, there's some uh, community level diversity measurements that we use in biostatistics. There's some culture methods where we try to grow things on a Petri dish, um, but there's so much that we don't know about the microbiome that it's hard to tell what the best analytical method is sometimes. So people have approached studying the microbiome in a number of different ways, and that's just in the scientific arena. We're also looking at the microbiome as therapy, um, the microbiome as an indicator of health, So there's lots of different areas that the microbiome is being studied as well. Um, We spend a lot of time uh, talking to people that are thinking about the microbiome in terms of how can you tell if someone is healthy or not, um, or if we can predict when somebody might be unhealthy or not feel well. Um, So there's lots of different ways to look at it. Okay. And Courtney, isn't it true that there's a, a gut microbiome and a few different microbiomes? Yes. And that's what makes us so interesting as humans is that we're actually like a walking, talking ecosystem on our own. So we have microbes that live on our skin. And of course, all of these things are invisible to the naked eye. Um, But usually the most densely populated uh, microbiome that you hear about in the news that has lots and lots of diversity and probably has one of the biggest impacts on our health is the gut microbiome. So it's all of the things that live in our digestive tract, starting with our mouths all the way through to the end, um, where it has different influences on how we process food or how we fight disease. Okay. Well, thanks, Courtney. And Courtney, what does our microbiome do for us on a daily basis? Um, it can do a lot of things. So the most common that we that we talk about or think about is that the Microbes that we carry, um, frequently bacteria, but the microbes that we carry often help us digest food. So a common thing that you'll hear um, is that when babies are born and they're trying to, for example, digest the sugars in milk, if they didn't have certain microbes, they wouldn't be able to do that because human bodies don't process milk sugars very well. But the bacteria help us do that. Same thing as we become uh, more mature adults um, or as we age over time. Bacteria help us harvest the nutrients from food um, to help keep us going. Some other things that are just recently starting to come to light are how bacteria actually help us prevent disease or help keep us healthy. Sometimes it's the things that the bacteria or the microbes produce. Um, Sometimes they're referred to as metabolites. They can provide us just an overall uh, prevention of disease by having certain quantities in a certain area. So a a bad bacteria, for example, can't take over. Um, There's lots of different things, and we're just now starting to understand what that really uh, looks like. Okay. And Courtney, when are there um, different types of research or different types of science going on in the microbiome today? Yes. And I think 
that's something that actually people that are not necessarily in the scientific arena will start to see quite a bit of. Um, just the other day, I think I had about three or four news articles that came across my desk that were talking about the different ways that the microbiome could influence all sorts of different things, everything from acne to obesity to diabetes. Um, so there's lots of different ways that we're looking at this, and it's becoming really, really popular, which is exciting, but also a little bit challenging because we like to talk about the microbiome, but there's still so much that we don't know. We would love to be able to share a lot of information, but as we're reading it in the news, we should all consider that this is such an early technology and an early association of science that we're not 100% sure what everything does just yet. So even though it sounds very exciting to have something work really well in a mouse model or something to that effect, um, it's actually a good thing to note and how that's going to move our scientific knowledge forward, but that may not necessarily be the end-all, be-all answer today. Okay. Well, Courtney, we thank you so much for introducing the microbiome and the studies of it for our listeners today. At this time, we are going to pause for a commercial break and a word from our sponsor, Rebiotics, a fairing company. When we return, we will continue discussing researching bugs as drugs to fight C. diff with our guest, Courtney Jones. Please stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join us on Saturday, November 14th at 8 a.m. Eastern Time for the 8th Annual International C. diff Virtual Conference and Health Expo. For details and to register, please visit cdiff2020.com. Again, that's cdiff2020.com or contact the CDIP Foundation at 727-205-3922. We look forward to meeting you online on November 14th and meeting you in person in November 2021 in Boston, Massachusetts at the Hilton Boston Logan Airport Hotel. Rebiotics, a fairing pharmaceuticals company, has set out to understand the connection between the microbiome and disease through clinical study and innovative science. Our clinical studies investigate the potential of the microbiome as a therapeutic option for patients with unmet medical needs. Our focus is currently on patients suffering from recurrent C. diff infection. Partnerships drive innovation in the growing field of microbiome technologies, and we're excited to continue to share our findings in the space. Visit Rebiotics.com, R-E-B-I-O-T-I-X.com. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean, dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America.
You are listening to C. Diff Spores and More. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and we thank our listeners for joining us today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce our guest today, Courtney Jones. Welcome back to the program, Courtney. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for being here. And Courtney, before the commercial break, we were you were explaining to the global audience what our microbiome does for us on a daily basis. Can you take a moment and explain where does our microbiome come from? Absolutely. Yeah. So just to just to recap, we carry around this really diverse community of microbes, whether it's bacteria or viruses or fungi that do a lot of different things for us, but we don't start out that way. Um, So when we're born, we pick up microbes from our mother, um, from our surroundings, and that helps actually formulate what our community looks like today. Um, But that's not all. We don't just get it from our parents. We don't just get it from our environment. We also shape our microbiome based on what happens to us as we age and as we grow. Um, So one of the things that's really common to talk about is the use of antibiotics and what that does to our microbiome. Antibiotics have been around for a little while, and they've saved millions and millions of lives, but they do change our microbiome when we take them depending on what kind of antibiotics they are. And so let's say you're a little kid, um, you got your microbiome from your mom when you were born, and now you have to take antibiotics for a particular infection. Um, that's going to change the way that your microbiome gets set up, and if it, it will grow and change into a different way, it may have a different function. Um, so we pick up our microbiome from a lot of different places, and it actually makes us who we are today. Very interesting. Thank you so much, Courtney. That's a lot to learn there, and we appreciate that. And, you know, here's a really interesting um, question for you. And, Courtney, are all microbes bad, or are they all good? Not necessarily. That's, so what you'll find, um, and I think you're, you and your listeners are starting to pick up on now, is that when we're talking about the microbiome, there's a lot of well, maybe, or that's kind of partially true conversation. So there are some microbes that are really good for us, and there are some microbes that are bad. Um, The ones that are bad you hear about more often, and we sometimes refer to them as pathogens. And these pathogens are things that cause disease. And so normally when we have a microbiome that's diverse, like the rainforest, especially in our gut, we don't have that problem. Pathogens can come and go, but because we have so many microbes in place, usually they can keep the pathogen out of the way. If the community changes, it might uh, allow a pathogen to take hold. So if we go back to the rainforest analogy or a gut garden, if you will, lots of different species living together, if that landscape changes, then it allows something to come in. So I don't know about you, but where we are in Minnesota, one of the biggest problems that we have for gardens is dandelions. They come in, they move really fast, they take up all the nutrients, and they're really hard to get rid of. Pathogens act pretty similarly to that, where they come in, they take over a space that's freed up, they use up all the nutrients, and it makes it really hard for the microbes or um, whatever community is there to get back to the way it was before. Um, So... 
There are good bacteria, definitely, and we all experience them every day. Um, and we experience them by not noticing that they're there because we feel pretty good. But the moment that a pathogen comes into play, we, we also find that out pretty quickly. Okay, thanks, Courtney. And Courtney, here's a quick question um, from one of our listeners. And we see in the news that there's microbiota and then there's microbiome. Can you explain the difference of the two terms or two words? Sure. So when we're talking about the microbiome, what we're really trying to say is that um, we are talking about all of the different bugs that are in our system. When we're talking about microbiota in specific, we are talking about the bugs themselves. The microbiome is actually all of the genetic material that we're talking about, whether it's coming from viruses or other things. You'll hear microbiota and microbiome interchanged uh, quite a bit, um, and this is not technically correct. However, um, it is an easy way to communicate it because when you say microbiome, most people already know what you're going to talk about. So I have a feeling that this is going to change as time goes on because we'll need to clarify this a little bit, especially when we start talking about bugs as drugs um, or microbes in medicine, um, but that's, that's the real difference. Okay, and another quick question, and that's, what is symbiosis? Ah, yes. You must have some very scientific listeners. I love it. So, (laughs) um, so, so in, in science, when we're describing how organisms live together, we're talking about different interactions. And one of the ways that we can describe this is by symbiosis or organisms that live together and that work together well. Um, you also hear a, a term called mutualism, um, which refers to two organisms or multiple organisms living together that have a mutual benefit for each other. Um, and so symbiosis is similar to that, um, except it has the added layer where Um, In some cases, the organisms can't necessarily live without each other. So the interesting thing about humans as a species is that we've evolved a lot over time, and the microbes that we carry actually come with us and have evolved with us to have special activities or special locations in our bodies that they live. Um, And so we actually live together and can do a lot of things together because of this mutualistic relationship or this symbiosis that we have together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you, Courtney. And I know our listeners who are listening today are appreciating your answers. And that's the difference between a live broadcast and a podcast. So <laughs> we appreciate that. And Courtney, how does the micro- microbe impact human health? Yeah, so um, we touched on this a little bit earlier. So I jumped ahead a little bit, but we'll, we'll come back to that. So um, a microbe by itself, if we're just talking about one single cell, may not be able to do a whole lot. But when we're talking about um, either a bunch of microbes of the same kind or a community of microbes, it can do a lot of different things. So normally we don't notice that our microbiome or the the organisms that we carry are even there because we feel good, we can go about our daily activities, we can eat what we want, um, and we generally don't have any, any issues. But when our microbiome changes or we experience problems with that, it can change our health. Um, And this is something that's just starting to be understood, even though technically speaking, we've known about microbes and bacteria for a long time. Um, If you might recall, recall when we were having discussions 
about how we should use all of this antimicrobial soap and antibacterial hand scrubs and things like that to just kill everything because all germs were bad. Well, now we're starting to see that that's not necessarily true, that we need some of those to be able to continue to feel healthy and good. Um, So microbes affect health in very specific ways. And there's a lot of research that we can talk about um, in trying to understand specific diseases or specific um, issues that humans experience that may be linked to the microbiome. We just don't know as much as we would like to know just yet. Exactly. But one thing we do know is that your science is great. And can you explain on how it has, what it has to do with the C. diff infection? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So the the small um, company plug to, to talk about exactly who we are is we're a, a biotechnology company that's trying to utilize microbes to treat disease. So we are trying to look at what the microbiome can do to, to change options for therapies for patients. And as, as we're talking to C. diff spores and more today, the first disease that we're looking at is C. diff. Um, so there's a really unique history of trying to understand how to make C. diff go away. And there's actually been a lot of kind of background research and clinical work that has gone into understanding if you can use the microbes from a healthy person to prevent somebody from getting C. diff again. Um, So what we tried to do and what we're currently studying is to take microbes from healthy people make it into a formulation that someone can receive like a medicine and then see what happens to them under clinical trials. So we are focusing on C. diff right now. There's a lot of really positive um, support in the literature and in the science that says that this could be a good option. Um, But of course, just to make sure that we're not doing anything strange, we're putting all of this under uh, clinical study. So Um, Part of what we do and what I work on with our team here at Rebiotics is trying to understand what happens with our clinical studies. We look a lot at how patient microbiomes change over time um, and then apply that to a story to try to help people understand the potential of the microbiome. Okay. And uh, Courtney, can you explain where people would go and find out more about the microbiome? Yes, absolutely. So I'm going to talk about um, two really popular um, kind of heavy hitter science uh, locations that you can go look at if you really want to dive deep into the technology um, and then a couple of more consumer-friendly resources that might be of interest to you and your listeners. So the first two that I'm going to talk about are things called the Human Microbiome Project and MetaHit. So we'll talk about HMP first. So the Human Microbiome Project was a National Health Institute or National Institute of Health um, funded program that looked at healthy volunteers and took samples from all over their bodies, from their mouths, from their gut, from their skin, and tried to understand who exactly in terms of microbes is living there and do we all look the same. Um, And they tried to map this, and it was a several-year process that took a lot of science and a lot of collaboration. But at the end of it, they found out that, in general, healthy people have a large variety across their body of different microbiomes. Um, 
and that each one of these microbiomes has a different level of diversity and has potentially a different level of function. And this was really exciting um, because this study really focused on who exactly do we carry around with us on a day-to-day basis. And it was a, a big way to look into um, these communities and try to start understanding them. There's still a lot of work that needs to be done um, in conjunction with this study to really understand more about what those microbes actually do. But it was a really amazing first step in looking at what do we as humans carry with us on a regular basis. Now, those populations were focused in the United States. Um, there was another group um, that executed the MetaHIT study that was a European study that looked at something very similar. So the reason why these two things are important and is to show that you know, there's a lot of collaboration and a lot of thinking about what the microbiome actually means, and these are by no means the last studies that you'll find. There's lots and lots and lots of groups throughout the world, and some of which that we even do collaborations with that are really trying to understand what does the human microbiome mean, and what does that mean for human health. So, stay tuned on the on the national studies that get supported um, from a scientific perspective because. Almost every country in the world is starting to look into this um, and produce data sets that will be really important in understanding human health. Now, on the more consumer side, there's a couple of really great books that have been, been published that really make the science understandable. So instead of looking at DNA sequences, for example, it's explaining to you why um, we do this research and that type of work. One of them is I Contain Multitudes by Ed Young, and the other one is Follow Your Gut by Rob Knight. Um, and those are really great um, literature to help understand exactly what we mean when we're talking about the microbiome. And they talk about where we're going in terms of research and health. Um, and it's, it's a fairly comprehensive look at what we know today. Now, I think the most exciting piece about this whole thing is that since those books have been published and since those studies like NIH, the NIH group um, and MetaHIT came out, more and more and more is getting learned and known every single day. And so it's a very exciting field to be in. It certainly is. And Courtney, thank you so much for mentioning the resources also. That's really appreciated. And before we go to commercial break, um, Courtney, is there any way for any of us to improve our gut microbiome on a daily basis? That's a really great great question. I think anybody that can solve that um, that. Uh, question is going to be very, very famous. <laughs> um, but I think one of the things that we can do that's actually been, um, you know, referenced maybe not directly to the microbiome, but um, that healthcare providers have actually been helping us understand all along is that we need to really pay attention to our bodies. So um, if we're not feeling well, take care of that get exercise, try to eat healthy, and really understand and listen to the way that your body is is behaving because that is actually telling you how your microbes are probably feeling at that moment. Exactly. I believe that too, and a lot, I'm sure a lot of us do. And Courtney, thanks so much for sharing all of the information. And at this time, we are going to pause for a commercial break and a word from our sponsor, Rebiotics, a faring company. When we return, we will continue discussing researching bugs as drugs to fight C. diff with our guest, Courtney Jones. Please stay tuned. We'll be back right after these messages.
your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. To help support the C. diff foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate, or call toll-free 1-844-4-C-DIFF. That's 1-844-367-2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Rebiotics, a faring pharmaceuticals company, has set out to understand the connection between the microbiome and disease through clinical study and innovative science. Our clinical studies investigate the potential of the microbiome as a therapeutic option for patients with unmet medical needs. Our focus is currently on patients suffering from recurrent C. diff infection. Partnerships drive innovation in the growing field of microbiome technologies, and we're excited to continue to share our findings in the space. Visit Rebiotics.com, R-E-B-I-O-T-I-X.com. The CDF Foundation offers global community support sessions. CDF can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety. Get answers to your questions. You're not alone. Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. To register for a session, call the C. diff Foundation at 919-201-1512 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and we thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce our guest, Courtney Jones, back to the program. Thanks for joining us today, Courtney. Yeah, thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure, and you are teaching us so much about the microbiome and how it's going to help everyone, and we really appreciate it. And, you know, being on C. diff spores and more, we really appreciate what uh, your research is doing, and if you wouldn't mind explaining what the microbiome microbiome has to do with the C. diff treatment. Sure, absolutely. And so I should I should clarify a little bit by saying that as of right now, um, there's a lot of work going on in the microbiome space. We're trying to understand what the human microbiome has to do with human health. Um, is it our gut that's influencing our health? Is it our skin? What exactly are we talking about when we say the microbiome, and what are we talking about when we mean healthy? Um, this has been pretty a pretty heavy focus for our company, obviously, because we're trying to develop new technologies. And one of the things that we're looking to develop a new technology for is C. diff. So um, when we're talking about C. diff, C. diff is a pathogen uh, that can cause 
life-threatening infections. Um, there are people that get this on a regular basis sometimes, so what's called recurrent C. diff infection. And essentially what happens is the, the gut microbiome or the gut rainforest becomes disturbed in some way um, and allows C. diff to take over. Um, and C. diff is kind of specialized in that it has an ability to hide from the therapies that people would normally get. So it does what's called um, forming a spore. Um, so it has an ability to hide from antibiotics and survive. Um, it also can do this, that as well when it's outside the body. So when we're talking about cleaning spaces for patients that have C. diff infection ongoing, that can be really challenging too. Um, and so this presented a really, it presents a really interesting problem because there's lots of people that have C. diff annually in the United States and across the world. And there are ways to treat it right now, um, but there seem to be... Um, an opportunity for some innovation because we're doing a lot of the similar treatments over and over again. So maybe there's a solution and in a different way. Um, and one of the different ways that's currently being explored is taking the microbiome and using that as this, the medicine essentially to try to have C. diff go away. Um, so it's People are approaching this in different ways. At Rebiotics, we're looking at taking the entire gut community um, and through clinical trial and investigation, um, see if that has an impact on uh, reducing an opportunity for someone to get C. diff back. Um, and essentially what we're looking at is, again, this whole community providing a patient the power to um, fight an infection on their own. There, it's not just us that's working in this space either. There are a lot of people that have put a lot of time and effort into coming up with new options for patients um, that are suffering from C. diff, and a lot of them are looking to the microbiome to provide those opportunities. So it's, I think it's a pretty exciting space in terms of the science, but also in trying to bring something new to the table that could potentially um, influence an outcome for someone that's having C. diff issues or having C. diff over and over again. Thank you so much, Courtney, for sharing that. And yes, there is a lot of research going on right now. And, um, but, and, but how does Rebiotics study the microbiome? Sure. Um, so we do that in two ways. Um, one is through um, controlled clinical studies. So, um, we work through the FDA to design clinical trials um, to make sure that we're looking at how our product um, affects patient safety and the outcome of their, of their disease. Um, and C. diff is the first disease that, and infection that we're looking at. Um, clinical trials are really important because it tells you what's happening in patients as opposed to... Um, trying to guess what would happen if you just had um, just a data set or something like that. It's, it's the real-world evidence that is not only um, a good idea to get, but it's what's required by the FDA to be able to try to have something available for patients to use. So we've been doing that um, for quite a long time. Um, we started our clinical trials in um, early 2012, 2013. And so that's one way that we do it. Um, we make the products here and then um, do uh, research with them through the clinical trials. Um, the other way that we do it is actually um, through looking at patient samples. So 
one of the most amazing parts of my job ever is the fact that during these clinical trials, we ask patients if they would be willing to provide samples um, of the, their own stool, um, so their own bowel movements prior to treatment, so when they're really feeling sick, and then after treatment as well. And to my absolute amazement, um, you know, patients have been really willing to do this. And I think part of the reason is is that we have tried very hard to explain that um, the reason we need these research samples is to be able to understand what's happening so we can try to apply that knowledge to other patients that may need um may need our our help or may be able to benefit from the microbiome in some way. And the the generosity of the people that have participated in these studies is just incredible. And it's not just the patients either. Um, The people that live with them, so their family members and friends, um, the healthcare providers like the nurses and doctors and other staff that work with them have also been very helpful in this. Um, So we've been able to um, have a lot of success in, in studying how the microbiome changes from these patients that receive our product under clinical study and see what that looks like and, and try to learn as fast as possible um, and apply that knowledge to new um, ways to potentially use the microbiome for therapies in the future. So, um, so that's, we've done that since the very beginning and we've tried really hard to focus on always having that two, two-pronged approach. We have to do the clinical studies because it's the right thing to do, and we need that data to make sure that um, we're showing the world that we've, that we've done the right thing by patients, but then also looking ahead uh, because the microbiome may have more power than just one infection or one disease state. Um, so that's where we've put a lot of effort as well. So that's, those are the two ways that we look at the microbiome. There's other groups that do um, other projects that also look at different facets of the microbiome as well. Okay. And, Courtney, what does a clinical trial entail? Yeah. So this this is great, and I, I am glad that you asked that question. So um, just to give a, a really brief overview of what a clinical trial is, is that it's taking something that is investigational, whether it's a product like ours or others, And we have to understand how it works in people. Um, And the reason that we have to do this is because the FDA is very concerned that whatever goes out for people to be able to use as treatment is safe. Uh, And so it's it's a requirement from the FDA to do a clinical trial, but it's also um, in a company's best idea to understand what their product really does. And so we have an entire staff that looks at clinical protocol design to make sure that before any product goes anywhere, um, that patient safety is first and foremost in our minds and that it's incorporated into a clinical trial design. And then it has to go through review both at the FDA and at what is called an institutional review board at a hospital or a university or a clinic to make sure that everybody agrees that this is the safest thing that we can do for patients. And then we actually get to the part where we um, meet with patients. There will be people like nurses that bring up opportunities for clinical trials and then have an ability to walk patients through um, what a clinical trial would entail. Most of the time, what you see is a description of the clinical trial, um, what's called an informed consent, so a patient understands exactly what they're getting into. So they're not an experiment. 
Um, they're just they're just making sure that if a patient is interested in an option, that the healthcare provider is explaining the opportunity to them, and then understanding what comes next. What is it a regular trial where you know what you're getting? Is it a blinded trial where there's a placebo possibility? What kind of trial is it? And then the patient gets to decide at the end of the day if they want to participate or not. And it's with this patient agreement and willingness to participate that companies like us go through and collect data. We understand what happens to patients. We do a long-term follow-up. We follow some of our patients in terms of safety data collection out to two years, which is a long time for studies like this, but we want to make sure that we fully understand what's actually happening to patients once they receive our investigational product. And then um, the patient gets the therapy and then they, they move on with their lives. So um, the clinical trial data drives what we can or can't do in order uh, in in terms of talking with the FDA, um, and then the FDA gets to decide based on what happened throughout the clinical trial whether or not something gets to go out into the world and be available for use. Um, so that's a very long way of trying to explain what clinical trials do, but the the take home point is is that a lot of thought goes into patient safety, and that these there are things like clinical trials that are available to to patients so they can understand if there are alternatives to what they're currently doing or if they want to research more options. Um, And I know that you and I, Nancy, talk about this a lot, um, but having resources available to patients um, so they can go find this type of information, even if they don't want to participate in a trial at all, is Mm -hmm. really important. So I know you, um, through the C. diff Foundation, have some really great resources for patients on your website. Um, Patients can also go to something called clinicaltrials.gov, and this is a listing of all of the clinical trials that are currently ongoing and that are are registered, Um, and you can find trials by type of disease like C. diff or by type of therapy, um, depending on on how much you have done your homework in the background. And then groups like us and other companies also list our clinical trials on our pages. So there's places for people to go to get more information. Um, We believe that there's no such thing as too much information. So so hopefully that gives you and your listeners some opportunity to to pursue some more um, insight into what clinical trials actually mean. Exactly. Thank you so much, Courtney, for that. And Courtney, before we go to break, is there an area um, that on either your website or clinical.gov um, where in, in, you know, people can find out where the located clinical site or where one is active? Yeah, that's a really good question. Clinicaltrials.gov um, has listings. So let's say you looked up a clinical trial and you found one and you wanted to know where it was located, clinicaltrials.gov would have the locations on that website. Um, So that's the best place to go because it gives you all of the information that's available on that clinical trial. So sometimes companies don't list their exact locations on their pages um, simply because of website traffic. So we want to make sure that people have it available um, and the website doesn't crash. (laughs) Um, So clintrials.gov is going to be the best place to go for that. And sometimes, um, depending on how the study is formatted, they'll list the name of the doctor that's doing the treatment and the institution that they're at, 
or they'll just list the institution or they'll list a state or a city. So you have lots of opportunities to find information. Um, You can also reach out to companies. You can reach out to us. You can reach out to other folks. um, And we can definitely direct you to locations like clintrials.gov to be able to provide you some more information. Thank you so much, Courtney. And at this time, we're going to pause for a commercial break. When we return, we will continue discussing researching bugs as drugs to fight C. diff with our guest, Courtney Jones. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join us on Saturday, November 14th at 8 a.m. Eastern Time for the 8th Annual International C. diff Virtual Conference and Health Expo. For details and to register, please visit cdiff2020.com. Again, that's cdiff2020.com. Or contact the C. diff Foundation at 727-205-3922. We look forward to meeting you online on November 14th and meeting you in person in November 2021 in Boston, Massachusetts at the Hilton Boston Logan Airport Hotel. The CDF Foundation offers global community support sessions. CDF can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety. Get answers to your questions. You're not alone. Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. To register for a session, call the C. diff Foundation at 919-201-1512 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org. Rebiotics, a faring pharmaceuticals company, has set out to understand the connection between the microbiome and disease through clinical study and innovative science. Our clinical studies investigate the potential of the microbiome as a therapeutic option for patients with unmet medical needs. Our focus is currently on patients suffering from recurrent C. diff infection. Partnerships drive innovation in the growing field of microbiome technologies, and we're excited to continue to share our findings in the space. Visit Rebiotics.com, R-E-B-I-O-T-I-X.com. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean, dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and we thank our listeners for joining us today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce our guest, Courtney Jones. Back to the program, and Courtney has been discussing researching bugs as drugs to fight C. diff. Welcome back to the program, Courtney. 
Thank you. <laughs> Welcome. Courtney, uh, before um, I go any further, I just want to say thank you for sharing all this important information with our listeners today. And can you tell us some future work, like what's coming up down the line for the microbiome? Sure, and I'll, I'll do that by just kind of recapping a little bit about what we talked about today because keep in mind that even though we talked about all of these really amazing um, research advances and things like that, the microbiome space is still really early. So um, especially in the case of where we're talking about developing bugs as drugs, uh, this is a whole new arena um, that's new to not only industry but to researchers and to patients and to regulatory bodies. So we've learned a lot in in a short amount of time, um, but this is still new, so there's a lot of uh, things that we still have yet to understand. So what we've talked about today is that we all as people carry around this really diverse community of microbes. We call it the microbiome. Sometimes it's referred to as microbiota, but most of the time in the popular press you see the microbiome used. And this community supports us as humans in a lot of different ways. And it's evolved with us over time. We pick it up when we're born, and then it changes as we age. And it has a lot of different impacts on our health. Uh, Not all of the microbes are good that we carry around, and not all of them are bad. There's a mix of them, and it's this mix and this balance that allows us to live the way that we do. Um, we talked specifically, um, because it's C. diff spores and more, we talked about how C. diff happens and what happens to patients when, when they get C. diff and how we at Rebiotics are looking at the microbiome as a potential um, new therapy that would be available for patients to be able to use, but that we're currently under clinical trial right now um, to be able to really understand the effects of these products. There are no... Um, products right now that are for sale that are this type, um, especially in the context of fighting C. diff. We're all trying to understand how it works and how it's studied. Um, so, But what this does mean is that we're looking at a whole new era of medicine and a whole new era of science. And just even in the last five years, the publications in the scientific literature, the amount that we talk about the microbiome in the news has all skyrocketed. So you and your listeners, Nancy, will definitely see more of this as as time goes on, um, including people that are like me that are doing clinical trials right now. So we have our last clinical trial ongoing. Um, It's called a phase three clinical trial. um, And we do have more information about that on our website, uh, www.rebiotics.com. And we have a clinical trials tab so you can look up more information. We also list all of this as well as other companies who are doing our work in this space list our information on clinicaltrials.gov. And that's just around CDIF. There are other things that people are looking into right now that have some potential with the microbiome that we don't fully understand. And I think personally that's one of the most exciting things that we could talk about when we're talking about innovation in medicine. Um, so there's there are other infectious diseases that people are looking into. There are also chronic diseases. Um, Most popularly in the news right now would be um, IBD or inflammatory bowel disease where we're talking about Crohn's or ulcerative colitis. 
Um, but we even see very early data that looks at the connection between the microbiome and other uh, indications like obesity or autism or um, diabetes. Again, this is so early that we don't know necessarily the direct connection between those um, issues that patients suffer from and what the microbiome has to do with it or how we could change the microbiome to potentially help those patients. Uh, but the exciting piece is, is that that's where we're going. Um, the, the world is now in tune to what the microbiome means, and we have a real opportunity now to be able to dive into the science, dive into the clinical trials, talk to patients about what they need, hear from healthcare providers on what they think um, is the next um, most important thing that we have to address uh, and be able to work together both in the U.S. and across the globe to try to solve some of those problems. So, um, you know, there's a real opportunity to develop a new technology. There may be um, an opportunity to save some of the technologies that we already have. So, you know, we've been using antibiotics for a long time. They are very powerful and we are very lucky to have them. Um, is there a way that we can preserve those um, so they continue to work, and how does that relate to the microbiome? All of these things bring up new questions um, that we are looking forward to trying to answer with, with not only within our company, but also um, in the, the industry and the microbiome community as a whole. So, um, you know, I, I just am so excited that you wanted to talk about the microbiome today. Um, and that we got a chance to share a little bit of our story. Um, but I hope that you and your listeners, Nancy, stay tuned to what's coming out in the news um, and what's being published in research and continue to ask really great questions about the microbiome because there are new and exciting things that come out almost every single day, and I can't wait to share those things with you. And Courtney, we can't wait to find out more as the news develops and, and things progress forward. And we are so grateful. And Courtney, um, before we close the program today, do you have any closing comments you'd like to share with our global listeners? Yes, absolutely. So um, first of all, the microbiome is a really exciting space. I hope I've had a chance to convey that to you today. Um, if you've got questions, send them to Nancy and I will do the best that I can to answer them. But we... He, Myself and my team at Rebiotics would like to extend a huge thank you to not only the patients that have participated in our clinical trials so far, but also to the family members and the healthcare providers that have worked with us on this. Um, I think sometimes we forget that it's not just about the patients, it's about the families and the people that care for them too. And so we hope that um, there's some opportunity to, to give everybody a little bit of um, options when it comes to trying to find a way to fight C. diff and then advance the power of the microbiome at the same time. Well, thank you so much, Courtney. And uh, at this time, we'd like to convey our gratitude to you and to your organizations. And we thank you for joining us today on C. diff spores and more. And we're grateful for your dedication in the microbiome research and development biotechnology, where Rebiotics, a faring company, um, is founded to revolutionize the treatment of debilitating diseases by harnessing the power of the human microbiome. Uh, we also wish to thank the Rebiotics Faring Organizations for putting patients first. So thank you, Courtney, for being with us here today. Thank you so much for having me. 
Oh, you're so welcome. And now at this time, our members of the CETA Foundation wish to acknowledge all of the organizations around the globe who are dedicated to improving health, the organizations and professionals researching and developing new products, addressing C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and protecting the gut microbiome, and addressing environmental safety worldwide. To learn more about C. difficile infections and recurrent C. difficile infection clinical trials in progress, please visit our website cdifffoundation.org please help them to help you to help others and we thank Pfizer for being the diamond sponsor of the 7th annual international cdif conference and health expo being held on November 6th and 7th at the Doubletree Westport Hotel by Hilton in St. Louis Missouri um, we are grateful for the international keynote speakers joining us for this two-day conference and would also like to extend uh, our opportunity to extend our thanks to the corporate sponsors uh, and industry leaders in the CDF community who will be joining us at the two-day event to provide information focused on healthcare-acquired infection prevention treatments, diagnostics, and environmental safety. For more information and to register online, please visit the CDF Foundation's website. We look forward to learning more together with you in November. We send out our get well wishes to all patients being treated and recovering from a C. diff infection and the many wellness draining illnesses being combated across the globe. I'm your host, Nancy Corrala, with our reminder, none of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. We wish you good health, continued healing, and a good day. Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Kerala, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together.